Mayfield. Joshua Michael, my best friend Colin. Hey, what's How's up, dude? Going, brother? All right. Not much. Oh. I, I, I've been laughing my ass off all day. What for? Uh, because of, like, first off, uh, I've been so into indie wrestling that I didn't <laughs> even know that fucking Hell in a Cell was last night. Uh, not that it would have mattered. I get you. I, I canceled my fucking WWE subscription like months ago. Second off, the ending to uh, Hell in a Cell was Seth delivering multiple finisher moves and the Fiend constantly getting up. And during the match, the the uh, the crowd took over and started took over how? started chanting, "This is bullshit." Uh, started chanting AE Dub for a while. They couldn't get him to stop what? doing that. Wow. And, and then also they booed and were so pissed off. They stayed it afterwards. People made a large group of people made it a point to stay afterwards to continuously boo. Uh, Seth Rollins almost got into it with some fans that were holding up a sign that Seth Rollins is not cool. And, and it was just such a bullshit finisher. And, and I, I read that they had to like rewrite a few things during the fucking pay-per-view um and i can see like it's gonna be so brutal the fiend is so strong he can his like he he took a sledgehammer to the face and they're putting him into a stretcher and he just sits up like fucking uh kane or the undertaker trying to be as hardcore as possible because you can never get a better hell in the cell than fucking the mcfoley undertaker match mm-hmm. and the, the whole internet shit all over it and i gotta i gotta pull up my phone to read you the exact thing that uh happened where the hell is my damn phone i swear i just had it <laughs> oh, pull up we're here. on we're on our uh, streaming service and i'm going to i'm going to text you over the yeah. phone <laughs> let's no, no no i'm not gonna text you over the phone i'm gonna i, I gotta pull up the exact uh oh, okay what happened so that's one of the things like we will uh we'll be looking at information on the phone at the same time just because it's quiet just because it's quieter than going through the computer sometimes and Oh, you know, bandwidth and all kinds of dumb reasons. Man, all right, I found fiend. it. <laughs> That's Bray Wyatt for all those folks that are not yeah. uh, familiar with it currently. Uh, who authentically, I think they did a huge, reasonable build-up to that character coming out. Uh, I saw a lot of it, missed a lot of it, but um, I like Bray Wyatt. I used to hate him, but... I did too. That crazy, like that first match, you know, that first show you and I ever went to, that was my first the exposure to him. The, the one with the Wyatt the, family came out, and, and we I was like, them. "Who are these idiots?" <laughs> yeah. Mm. All right. So, so uh, I'm gonna. I'm assuming you don't know who the organization Brazzers is. I'm aware of Brazzers. You're aware of Brazzers. Tweeted, hey, at WWE, let uh, us know if you need advice on how to craft logical and coherent storylines with satisfying finishes. Hashtag hell in a cell. Wow. <laughs> Some dude at Brazzers was so pissed off at that fucking ending that he decided to just fucking shit all over the fucking product. Dude. Which is, that is, okay, that wait. is so hilarious to me. Now tell everybody what Brazzers is. For those of Bra- you who don't know, in the most PG-13 fashion you can. Brazzers is a very large internet-based organization that publishes hardcore pornography. Way to go. Good. There's The situations are all very staged. They are obviously staged. This isn't your uh, grandpa's, oh, no. hey, my sink is broken. It's like... 
It's oh, just dude, way more obvious than that for some reason, and it, I don't yeah. even know why they're trying that crap. Yeah, but even then, at least line. at least it's got a coherent story and ending line. Not like I'm watching it to like see if the fucking plumber like actually fixed the pipes. Uh, quoting one of my Somebody's buddies pipes. the other day. Yep, but yeah. yeah, that that's that's pretty bad. And uh, Bray Wyatt's hurt. Sasha Banks is hurt. Oh, uh, Bray Wyatt's yeah, already they, hurt. Yep, they took they took the belt away from Kofi Kingston on a on a fucking whim from Vince McMahon to give yeah. it to Brock Lesnar so he'd have a belt that Cain Velasquez could take from him because you don't probably know this because you you're not a big UFC guy but Cain Velasquez is one of the guys that legit beat the dog shit out of fucking Brock Lesnar in in the fucking octagon. Wait and, a minute, why is it Velasquez or is it Velasquez? How do you say it's that? Vel, it's uh, well, traditionally it's uh, Velasquez. Really. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for your uh, particular uh, personal yeah. lineage explanation. I appreciate it. Yeah, but that that's just that's pretty bad. And and then mm. and the response that AEW had was Matt Jackson when they're like, what do, they asked him, you know, what what did what do you have to say about that? And he's uh, he just said, uh, watch watch uh, Wednesday Night Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> Look, hey, I, it, okay, listen here though. I mean, let's take a second and remind everybody, of course, that we are going to talk about comics because I know that a lot yeah. of uh, and you know we have plenty of we have a lot of comic discuss. books, but um. Is this us just sitting here shitting on something that has brought us joy for, you know, me years and you decades and and no. uh, a no. lot of us? No, it's just it's unfortunate. Like, it's funny. These responses are powerfully creative and these circumstances. I don't want to see anybody hurt. I don't ever um, want to hear about anybody getting it? hurt because I want them to perform. I want them to make money. I want them to provide for their families. I want them to be healthy so they can have long lives, uh, you know, that where they can function as normal adults. I want them to be be uh, living clean, and I want to. I want them to entertain and enjoy their career as long as possible. But like, it's unfortunate right now that it, the, that company in particular is under the control of you know, uh, an auteur who won't, won't let go of the reins enough to let anybody Adapt, develop something that makes any sense or entertain cheat the fans, cheat it, the wrestlers. At this point, I, it almost feels like some stupid thing where you've got to shut it down for a while. Even the old school, uh, old school, uh, brigade was bitching about it. X-Pac was like, he had, he he was going off about it. Like, why the fuck would you ruin someone's finisher like that? Just continuously, uh, you're you're not protecting the wrestler. You're not protecting the product. When when traditionally back in the day, when you saw a, a finisher, it was over. Oh it, no, it, it was over. And and it and I was describing it to to Tom today, and I was like, it reminds me of like trying to play Mortal Kombat with someone that knows like all the super secret moves. Yeah. And then they just keep doing it over and over and over and over and over. It's it, it it's just it's annoying. It um, sucks. But, I know those guys. Yeah. yeah, it's one of the reasons I don't like yeah. to play video games against other people. They just they want to win rather than play. But that's yeah. this is wrestling. That's a whole other thing. You know, it's about it's about a story, even if it's a ridiculous theatrical uh, stunt stunt production. You know, I feel bad for the fans, and I especially feel bad for. For Kofi Kingston and uh, and Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt, oh for sure. But I I mean in the end, uh, 
the fans are the ones who can let this let it let it fly. I, I don't think it's Seth Rollins' fault. I don't think any of these no. things. You're saying that people are dissing Seth Rollins. They have no bis- business dissing Seth Rollins unless he went a little bit farther than he already has. Talk, yeah. He's been the company man. He's the face of the company now, and he's been the company man doing his job to be a locker room leader. <coughs> Excuse me. And as such. Nobody should really, I mean, if he was coming out and just shitting on fans or absolutely dissing competing uh, brands, I could see, I could see a good reason to be like kicking him in the nuts if you could, but he'd really have to come off like a true a-hole. And I just don't think he's that type of guy. He's still doing his dream job in what is still basically the biggest, the biggest brand in the land, but Right now, you know, there is major competition from a crew that really wants to do things that they know they weren't allowed to do over there. And I don't blame them. They're hungry as fuck. And but I guarantee you right now they're all AEW. But if WWE cleans shit up and started putting out good product, you'd see guys leaving AEW to go to their dream job. Yeah, precisely. Because in the end, it's like it's like when you when you uh, you watch Moneyball. Did you see that movie? Oh, yeah. I adore that movie. I know all these people hate it because the pacing is slow and it's a sports movie, that movie where there's no That movie's awesome. It. it is one of the that best awesome. damn movies I've ever seen. It's it's so many things. There's so many things going on in there. Maybe I'll long box that sometime. Uh, but uh, what it comes down to is that last moment where Billy Bean is asked, and this is the movie, and I've I've listened to the audio, the book on audio. I don't know how it really was for him. I didn't read this in an interview. I just can take what the movie said, and he he says, you know, you would become the highest G, paid GM in uh, baseball in sports history or baseball history, one or the other. It's still whatever, whichever. It's still gigantic. And he's like, "What would you do?" And he's like, um, "Gotcha." And he's like, uh, "You know, it's the Yankees. It's a legacy. Who doesn't get romantic about baseball? It's the same thing. I can totally see why one day." Anyone would say, I want to go to the WWE because it is the biggest brand in the land. Anyway, that's what I got to say about that. Cool. I just I want them to clean it up. I want to see them both. I want to see all of these companies crushing it, putting out good product, not pissing on one another. Not it, it, I don't think that serves any any justice. But yeah, carry on. Yeah, we were checking the news. I didn't see anything newsworthy comic books wise to really uh get too far into it. It was just a lot oh, of wait. quick spoilers. What about Dr. Uh, what about Dr. Doom, man? Oh, Dr. Doom number one. Oh, I can't wait. And yeah, then when is I that? November? I, I think November, and then uh-huh. I just can't wait for the new 2099 stuff. Love it, and, yeah. Yeah, new 2099. That like it, that never let us down back in the day, and it's actually it's been consistent. It's really good now. I think the yeah, thing really that, that works so well for it is that when they tr- – it's the same kind of business. When you're trying too hard to force us all to be – into a character uh, and you're jamming this character into all of these titles to generate further relevancy and get it, get that character over. It doesn't work. But when you create a universe that you can either care about or not, you know, in a different timeline and uh, you don't force us to get into situations too often where they have to interact with contemporary characters, then somehow or another it works. The original Guardians of the Galaxy were like that. And uh, sticking um, Miguel. What's Miguel's last name? I forget. 
Oh, I forget his last name. Miguel, the Spider-Man 2099 in yeah. contemporary times was totally rad. And, uh, you know, he's gone home now. He's gone back where he's supposed to be. He's actually back. Is he back again? <laughs> yeah, there was a there was a recent issue. I can't remember reading within the last two months where he's he's back. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. I'm glad Just they keep put going him, to the they, well, guys. Well, they put him back. They put him away for a while, which was great. Keep it fresh. Let us miss yeah. him. Yeah. Let let us miss let us miss him, and then let's see how well some new characters work when they really go full balls of the wall with 2099. But uh, what else was there? Oh, uh, our theory about what they're going to be doing with Star Wars after 75 is correct. That's going to pick up right after Empire, which is really fun because they've got a couple uh, – like it's been, what, four years that they've been doing Star Wars uh-huh. uh, with with in the Marvel Universe? Maybe five. I think it's but, a yeah. 2015 book. 2015? I can find out real fast here. Yeah. But even then, yeah, I'm going to sound off. What we've, we, we read some great comics this week. This is not all that we've read, but these are the ones that we really think people should check out. Uh, again, this is uh, warning spoilers, and the whole point of this is that we want you to listen to us on the way to the comic book store, and hopefully there's something that you missed from last week that's still on the shelves that we talked about. There you go. We've got uh, Batman City of Bane number 80, Black Cat number 5, Daredevil number 12, Doctor Strange number 20, Star Wars number 72, Green Lantern number 12, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, one through three. Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, three, number six. Punisher, number 16. Napoleon Dynamite, number one. Dead Eyes, number one. Ghost Rider, number one. Justice League, number 33. Doctor Strange, number 20. House of X, number six. And Nomen Omen, number one, baby. Jeez. What an outrageously huge list we've got going on here. And I'm not even saying that to be, you know, supportive of ourselves. It's just huge. I want to talk about Napoleon Dynamite because I imagine of all those things that I just said, Someone was saying, "What the fuck, Napoleon Dynamite?" So yeah, let's just get <laughs> let's let's get into that. Uh, written by Carlos Guzman uh, Verdugo and Alejandro Verdugo. Uh, art and colors by Jorge uh, Monlogo. Design and letters by Krista Meisner. Uh, assistant edits by Megan Brown. Edited by Tom Waltz. Hey, what this company? Was, what, what company did this? Good, good question. IDW. Oh, no kidding! Great, great. IDW. Okay, so if you are an art auteur and you immediately start thumbing through this, the artwork's going to piss you off. You're going to see a lot of talking heads, but that's because you're not paying attention. The artwork, even though it was a little whimsical, had a very distinct style that I very much enjoyed, uh, especially that it, it's one of those styles where you can tell the guy can the or, or gal like, can do a kick-ass job, but they're doing it in a stylistic way, which is a lot of fun. Uh, it was so dense. Uh, this one actually took quite a long time to read. Now, within the first, I want to say, five pages, you get a lot of the same stupid jokes in the movie. And But luckily, they, they, they get that through that because obviously they want to get people to think that, that it's still got that same little tone there. But he is living at home still. Kip is gone. He's living in Detroit with LaFonda. And <laughs> Great. his... His grandma is turned the home into like a mini bed and breakfast, and they have some podcasters staying with them that are investigating the mysterious death of a local um, a local civic leader. And they think that Uncle Rico is the killer, which you'll see <laughs> near, near at the end. That's when the, the big reveal. But the overlying plot is that Pedro being voted uh, as class president, they need the recounts, and they can't no find, way. 
they can't find the ballot. It's it's challenged. They 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 can't find the ballot box. They eventually track it down with Napoleon's expert expert tracking tracking skills, which is kind of like his main struggle through the book, is because he's he's uh, getting to the point where they're asking him what he wants to be when he grows up, and all he wants to do is do something like join the FBI, gain their gain their <laughs> trust gain their trust and then eventually get transferred to area 51 and use his superior hacking skills, which he needs to figure out a job that will get him the superior hacking skills, which it, it's a little silly, but fun. And they track down and they eventually find out that, you know, there was X amount. There was like 190 votes for, for total. Uh, however, there was only 160 like people that actually could have voted. So there's something up. Huh? There's something up with there. He's taken some classes from a new, a new martial arts school, which is coincidentally located directly across the street from Rex Kwando. <laughs> Rex Kwando, <laughs> uh, called Ace Combat, which stands for Adapt to the Encounter, Control the Situation, and Evolve Beyond the Engagement. The guy's a legit martial arts uh, uh, badass, and pulls Napoleon aside and says, Hey, what are you up? What are you up to? And he's, he tells him that his quest to find this box and he tells him he needs to be the box to, to, to think <laughs> where the box would be. And it, it was, it was a fun conversation, but again, uh, very dense and it was definitely worth it. Like, no I, kidding. I, I, I would give it a, I would give it a five out of 10. Really? Maybe, a, uh, maybe a six. What does it retail for? Uh, we are looking at, let's see if it's worth, Let's see here. Ah, going too fast. Sorry, just, folks. We don't always just, have every damn thing sitting in front of us. A lot yeah. of this is just like, hey, we pulled this information up online after we read it. Yeah. We keep, we keep these things get filed away. It'd be nice to have all of our physical copies, but we just don't have it all the time. All right. But even then, man, I, I think it was worth your, your dollar. And, um, uh, I just all I can say about that one. Don't want to waste too much time because we got a lot of other good stuff. Oh my gosh, I know, dude. That's hilarious, uh, though. Uh, if you're going to be in Tulsa in November, um, the cast of Napoleon Dynamite will be here to talk about the movie and just uh, be fun and friendly. I'm looking forward to it. I did, that's funny. Uh, I actually, hmm? I actually saw that happen about I want to say 14 years ago in uh, Norman, Oklahoma, at OU. Yeah. Uh, are they just are they just getting to uh, OSU? OSU. No, that's in Stillwater. Uh, the, I don't know what the deal is. I think they're on another tour, or maybe they're going in support of it because it's an anniversary need, or something like that. I don't no, know. They need, they need money. That's what <laughs> I don't know. John Heater. I've always told that cool John Heater story, but um, uh, I don't know. Those guys, they make they make money. I mean, Josh, John Grimes has been acting for years and years and years, of course. He was in uh, Real Genius way back and loads of stuff. Anyway, okay, yeah, we can go on and on about this this stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm gonna just I'm gonna speed through like two real quick. Yeah, go for uh, it. Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number three, uh, volume three, issue six, six of six actually. They're finally finishing up the. Ooh, I gotta credits, credits, credits. Yeah. What uh, what company is that one? This is still that's IDW, isn't it? And DC. And DC. Yeah, so this See, is AEWWWE. Yeah. This is Crisis in a Half Shell, part six, script by James Tinian the Fourth, art by Freddie E. Williams the Second, with Kevin wow. Eastman, colors by Jeremy Colwell, letters by Tom 
uh, Napolitano, cover by Williams the second, and Kawal variant cover Eastman and Tommy Varga. Okay, so what has happened is that multiverses have separated, and they the turtles don't know it. And there's different versions of the turtles in and Batman in different multiverses. So there's the black and white originals. There's the cartoon ones. Uh, there's all the incantations you can think of in some way have been involved. And what's happening is that Kring wants to keep it that way, and he's about to gain ultimate power by separating everything completely. And his new body is actually the Anti-Monitor. We talked about that a while back. Oh, yeah, right. And there's, mm-hmm. there's a great uh, – it's it's a t- an entire battle book. But it's, it's brothers being brothers. It's new alliances being forged in the face of death. Uh, Casey Jones fighting back-to-back with the Shredder. The – different versions of the turtles playing off each other in different ways uh it's the 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 suspense in this was very very thick it was funny and it was cool to see kind of it was in a weird way batman smiled and but there was this awesome part where they almost didn't make it and the the turtles and Batman and different versions of the turtle melged. The turtles melded into this disgusting "kill me" hybrid for just a minute, which was a gorgeous piece of art. Uh, great digital works, great coloring, and had a great ending. And hopefully, in two years, they'll do another Batman Teenage Mutant Turtles because the ones that they did with Ninja Turtles and Ghostbusters kicked ass. And all the previous incantations, I, th- I believe that they did a cartoon of Ninja Turtles r- with uh, Batman, or they're making it. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't caught up with all the cartoons yet. But mm. a lot of fun. I'd give this a solid six. Uh, my rookie comic of the of the week, actually, is Nomen Omen. Yeah. Uh, written by Marco B. Bucci, artist and colorist Hakobo uh, Hakopo. Kamagni, editors Diego Malara and Stefania Simonini. Simonini, lettering by Fabio Amella from the <laughs> Orancia studio. Translation from Italian. Uh, this is a con- okay. Uh, how can it? The the artwork was great. Digitals, great colors. It had it was a little clunky in terms of how to follow it uh, from. Jumping, it jumps into a lot of different places. The trans, the transitions weren't too good, but now that I realize that this was actually translated from a different language, that might have been the translator's fault. Now I hope it was, but even then, it's not something they can't overcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you it, if you consider yourself a pagan in any fashion, uh, this will whether you're working for the powers of light or the powers of the light or the dark um there's going to be something in this book for you there's mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of allegories a lot of great metaphor a lot of foreshadowing that you would only really unless you have some sort of school of knowledge of, of the occult really pick up on little subtleties uh the way it changes in color style from different time to different time and different scene to different scene the the ending uh needed a Needed a little bit more explanation for me, but it's one of those things that I, I, I hope is either explained later or they give me a little bit bigger of a, an idea of where to to track down the info I need. But you definitely want to read the last bit, the secret where the the main guys talk about the book and do they start it out with you know the the way the best they can. Magic is real. Like okay, yeah, okay, it is. Let's I'm in. So 
<laughs> this is my rookie book of the week. Uh, again, I'd, I'd give this a five. Right on. Hmm. What you got, brother? Um, I'm going to dive in with my two DC books I pulled. Um, you know, like a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Green Lantern, uh, this Grant Morrison book right now. It's a uh, let's see. So I, it's it's Green Lantern number 12, Return of the Qua Man. It's um, yeah, uh, Grant Morrison, God bless his soul and whatever else he wants to bless his soul writing. Uh, Liam Roger Sharp penciling, also inking. Uh, Steve Olaf is coloring and um, Tom Orzakowski or Tom Ors is lettering. Um, I read the last one. I read this one. Last one was a little bit more coherent. I don't know what the hell is going on. It's I, I just... I don't think that DC is so full of itself. Or so have its head shoved so far up its own ass that they would be doing this kind of thing on purpose to reward their loyal readers or something like that. But at a certain point, it's like you're jumping into a cold swimming pool without even knowing what the water is, why it's cold, why it's wet, or if you got pushed or leapt in of your own accord. You just don't... It's like it's like, it's like like seeing color for the first time and you were blind and you don't even know what colors are or why anything would be that color. It's just so completely all over the place and every single character has their own way of speaking and every it's just stuff just pops in and out out of nowhere from one frame to the next and it, or one panel to the next and it's like i don't is this are these these are the ioceans or something like that the ioans uh they don't look like the ones that i'm aware of or whatever there's so much multiverse stuff going on here that it is either impossible to understand without having gone in from the beginning or it can only be done from the beginning because you can't see the coherent plot line without having read three to six of them, which is the way I feel about Fight Club number three, uh, the Fight Club uh, three, right now. Anyways, it's just Agreed. also very Agreed. odd. Um, I'm just. It used to drive me crazy that you would have a character monologuing a little bit about everything that had been going on and wasting a page or two in backstory. Uh, or whatever, uh, and even now, I really dig what Marvel does. Where, and this is not me digging on DC, uh, but where most of their books have the like, you know, bitten by a radioactive spider, Reed Richards turned into Mister Fantastic and grew long claws that he, you know, blah blah blah, and then goes into recently, Reed Richards figured out that none of that stuff was legit, and he's actually just a stretchy guy who's super smart with a family, and it's like, okay, so I get what's going on now. At least give me that. Okay. Because when your stuff is too heady, I'm not the one who's sitting there writing it who seems to know where everything's going. I can't trust that you didn't just get in the car and start driving with no idea where you were going. Or if you've got some gigantic super plot and uh, you're being too realistic. And I, I don't want it dumbed down. I just want to make sure it makes some sense. Unfortunately, I can't understand what was going on in that book. Uh, God. Um, I, I don't. I don't. I don't blame you. I really think that 
Grant Morrison needs an editor with the balls to step up and be like, hey, dude, like, I get it. You're making art and everyone worships you, but this is kind of crap and we need to fucking wrangle it in. Like, yeah. figure this shit out. Figure this shit out. Like, like honestly, if I really hope he's not doing shit like, like popping a shitload of mushrooms and then think, and then whatever ends up on the page he thinks is gold. Um, as opposed to back in the day where I'm sure editors like Berger could wrangle, wrangle him in. I'm thinking this is an editing problem. It may be. And then there when you someone when you look at the credits, there are what four editors? Ooh. I mean, that just sounds like Maybe the, it's part uh, of White contract, House, man. the cabinet just being like, hey, uh, yeah, whatever you want, sir, or somebody before Star yeah. Wars episode one. Yeah, George, it's gonna be great. No matter what you say, it's gonna be great. What are these Gungans? What are these battle droids? So I, I don't know. If the artist has trouble with it. Uh, the art is the best, most it's the most obviously best material that's going on in it. I just had it here a second ago. No, no, I I don't mean that the quality is bad. I wonder if the artist himself is ever like, dude, what the fuck? No, that's the <laughs> only way I can well, tell. Well, I know what you're saying, but that's the only the art is the only way that I can see any kind of con contiguity. Uh, that's yeah. a made up word continuity or uh, contiguous anything because it's like, okay, well, I can tell that oh, I'm in this universe because of this, this color palette and this style. And then this character is still there and this type of rock and wind. And then, you know, a few pages later, it's like, are we still there? Like, I have no idea where these guys came from and I don't remember them from the last book or whatever. And it's just stuff like that, but nothing really sticks out. To, to keep it all of those are all of those were perfectly cromulent words zing simpsons <laughs> reference oh yeah cromulent <laughs> i'm not sure i'm aware of that one i have a pretty uh uh dynamic lexicon uh i will so, embiggen you with it later <laughs> yeah well Sorry. i i had kind of the same issue with batman number 80 because uh no lie this is a terrible way to have jumped into this story, seeing as how I haven't read any of the previous Batman books in years. But I was like, you know, hey, whatever. And then I realized this is part like six of six or six of eight or something like that. Um, the thing that's awesome about it is it's John Romita Jr. artwork, which I totally love ever since he did uh, Spider-Man uh, with J. J. Michael Straczynski. And... Um, it's just nice to see that because there's so damn much it, it you know it looks comic booky but it looks realistic enough where you know it's like okay hey look at the uh look at the way the rain hits people and all of that stuff on the first few pages and then you get into the other things and it's like sound effects and everything else I don't know anyway I mean this is the uh what is it rain of bane plot line it is the city of bane plot city line. of bane <clears throat> city of bane part 6 um, and you've been talking about Batman on and off for a while, right? I mean, this is this is uh, like an alternate version of Thomas Wayne that's uh, running around as Batman, correct? Correct, correct. And th they never really fully explain how it all really gets to to this point. Basically, Thomas Wayne and Bruce they fall into the pit and they duke it out, and the last person that comes out wins. Well, then they immediately go straight into this new storyline where everything's already been 
everything has already been established. The Bane runs the city uh, along with Batman policing it, and the main the the foot soldiers, the actual new police force, is actually uh, made up of all the supervillains. Uh -huh. And bat no 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 bat no bat anyone no bat family is allowed into the city. And in order to ensure that, Bane has promised that if anyone does that, along with the Batman or Flashpoint Batman, has promised that if anyone does, they will kill Alfred. And that that's what happened a couple weeks ago because yeah. uh, Damien showed up. Uh, Bruce and uh, Selena had a, they went on a, a they, they they were exiled for a bit for you know they had a little bit of a, a I don't know like not a honeymoon for not even being really being being married and time to go kick some ass and now they're back and that's what that's what you were seeing that the, the person that was accosted in the street with the hat obviously ended up being Batman but how would you have known that or even suspected Precisely. that that was him in the first place there's you and, don't know anything about it until he gets like shot, and then he's like, "Oh, he's wearing a bat signal or, or a bat sigil on his chest." And it's like, "Well, which one of the thirty different bat sigils is that?" So I have no idea if this is Batman or Batman from another universe or Spock Batman or what the hell ever. Uh, I, I, I like I like the couple uh... stylistic features where you have different characters doing things in the light and out of the light, so there'd be different colors in the light and then out of the light or different muting or something like that. Like it's sapping the light away, which makes a whole lot of sense in a grimy kind of uh, city with a lot of steam and atmosphere. Um, I like that kind of thing. I also liked, uh, I just, I really liked all the rain like, effect. Oh yeah. Did that, no, that definitely added to it. Mm -hmm. How did you feel about that uh, Mexican standoff uh, with Hush and Batman in the middle of the street? I love that part. Uh, you know, I really liked it when it got to that uh, um, uh, two-page two piece, that splash. Uh, I found myself, unfortunately, I found myself, because it was there, being distracted by the, uh, the graphic in front of Batman uh, that's way back on the wall behind him. I kept looking at that to see if there was some special thing I needed to to know about it and it's nothing there's nothing there you know but it's and then i was hoping for more like if you're gonna have this kick-ass reflection then you know i want it but it's i want to know i wanted to see something special in that as well um it's cool and then i but like simultaneously i still don't know you know why these things are happening and then we still we, we a lot of us still, there's there not too much has been revealed yeah, um, I think six this is issues be in, I think we should know more. You know? Yeah. Uh, this one, how long did it take you to read this book? I, it felt like three minutes to me. Yeah, it didn't take me very long. I felt like I was reading it, and I was like, I don't know what the hell's going on. Like five, six pages in, and I'm like, oh, I kind of recognize that character. I kind of recognize that character. I don't know what I'm looking at. Uh, and then I looked at, and then I went back and I looked at the cover page, and I was like, oh my god, I have jumped in at exactly the wrong moment here. And then. All you can tell that anybody is is by their costume, really. And John Romita D Jr. does a good job of, like, overemphasizing the costumes as opposed to a lot of other artists who would try to get it done in their faces. But for as good as he is, Junior Jr. doesn't always do a phenomenal job on faces because it's just his work is a little bit blockier. 
but nevertheless i've i've never had a tr had a problem relating to anybody's face until i got into this book which why i was which is why i was glad that the villains were as colorful as they were in their costumes but then simultaneously you look at all of these dudes that scene in particular and it's muted by some horrible sodium lamp or something like that so hey i know it's batman i know it's hush only because i read jim lee batman way way back and i have those issues but uh yeah what was the other thing there's something going on where the bullets miss in a v formation i saw that at the beginning and i saw it in that in that shootout or that duel oh i think that was just some random ricochet like i don't think that was anything to read into hmm i just feel like that's what happened uh when you've got uh, the pig character being lifted by Bruce Wayne and the other guy shoots twice and it splits off both sides. It's like, what, what's going on with that? Is that the, I guess, yeah, if, if there's nothing to read into then, <coughs> excuse me, then that's fine. Who is this blonde girl? Is that Canary? That <coughs> is a newer character that they introduced that I've, for the best of my knowledge is, is brand new to this series that was super powered. You haven't seen it. They, she's super powered to the point where she was the, the 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 basically the Robin, but her powers are so incredible that she was able to keep any any good guys or or any good guys in or and everyone within Gotham still out and in. <clears throat> Excuse me, but uh, it was kind of cool to see Professor Pig. I've, I've loved that story. Oh, is that uh, what that and, was? Yeah, that's that's a Grant Morrison. That's a Grant oh, okay. Morrison thing. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, in the end, guy. I think this is one of those that, like, it, you know, as much as as much as I like these characters, as much as I like, you know, Grant Morrison, and as much as I can get into this, it's just one of these things where it's like, okay, well, I need to read this from the beginning, and that's that. <clears throat> uh, I think this is the crux. This is this was definitely where it's going to start picking up. I mean, obviously, it's the sixth part of the issue, and we're probably going to be 12, 12, uh, 12 issues in this to fully hash out that full-fledged graphic novel they can sell for $12 or 20 But not that I'm shitting on it, I'm just saying. No, it's just the way they do things now, and unfortunately, uh, it's just like any other event book. That's the frustration. You know, you've got, got all these characters wandering around going, what's going on, what's going on? For like three, four issues until somebody major shows up and is like, follow me and then it just starts everything just starts working out again yeah yeah but anyway we move on yeah daredevil 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 was cool let's see here hmm. i mean if we're doing batman natural transition straight yeah. into daredevil did you feel daredevil like the artwork in this daredevil book were was uh almost I mean, it's consistent, but then it kind of feels like it has an altered change almost from page to page, especially when it comes to that mm -hmm. whole sequence where uh, Mayor Fisk is with these uh, snobby rich people. Uh, I agree. Uh, great line work, though. Um, but before we even get into that, it is Daredevil number 12. Mm, yeah, totally. We've got... Pull up my file here. Chip Sadarsky writing. Oh, yeah. Marco Cicchetto, artist. Cicchetto. Nolan Woodward, color artist. 
BC's Clayton Cowles, cover artist Julian Totino Tedesco. Uh, also with four there's... editors and not inconsistent and not impossible to know what's going on. I didn't. I I I feel like a dummy because this is such a killer noir story. Yeah. This this is this is full blown daredevil noir without having to say it's noir without any of the stereotypical noir esque uh, viewpoints or tropes of like a lot of this happens during the day. Uh huh. Like that's a lot of this happens during the day. That this that shit is going on during the day. Uh, it immediately picked up for me because the way Foggy grew some balls and walks in and is like, "Hey, you assholes have my client." You crooked ass <laughs> cops. Like I've got some people on the line here and he's sweating until that one cop's like, show me your fucking phone. And he's just, all oh, he's just talking to his voicemail. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the jig is up. Uh, how did you feel about Matt getting his ass beat for almost the entire time? I love it because I don't think he's going to start surviving or winning until he's daredevil again. Um, Something about that mask, something about that costume is going to go a long way for him. But, and that that leads to another thing. I'd really, really like to see him go away with Elektra for a little bit and get his shit together. Or train with all of his buddies for a minute. Go do something with Luke Cage. Go practice investigation with uh, Jessica Jones. Go do some ninja stuff with... uh, or at least you know, you know, magic kung fu with uh, Iron Fist or something. If if he spent six issues going and I'm gonna I'm working on a case, but I am bringing you with me because I want to know something. He learned something from all of them that would be so different than the stubborn Matt Murdock we have come to know and love. Because at least he's not stubborn and psycho like Punisher, and at least he's yeah. not like. He has so many team-ups, but he's so stubborn, you know? And I think it's the Catholic guilt. And I wonder if people realize that going in. Or if it's just like, no, you know, I'm just going to write him this way, and it just feels like a natural progression from this guy to that guy. Or if somebody comes in and says, no, this is the Bible on Daredevil. This is how we do things. Because Daredevil has, for years and years and years, been pretty consistent on how they were writing his personality. Um, Are you... Are you suspicious of the presence of Electra? Uh, what do you think? She's a foil brought in by the Kingpin? No, I didn't even think that. In this, I, I just, why now? Why, why wouldn't here? we be suspicious? The problem with Electra is she is the girlfriend that you had a great, like, extended fling with for at most six weeks. And then she went away to another school or whatever. And you can never, ever get over it. And then she just flittered. Flitter, you know, I'm going to sneeze, everybody. I'm sorry. <coughs> I like her. I like the design of her new costume. <coughs> where it's, it's almost like it's like too. a mixture of her her ninja wear combined with like the little red dress you'd wear to like, uh, you know, something really like fancy. But it's it's still really sheer. I like the way they, they portrayed her body. She's not too thin. She's not too thick. She's exact like the way her hair styles at. Even the fact that she's got earrings on while she's saving his ass. I just noticed yeah. that. She's got a headband on that does absolutely nothing unless it's controlling sweat. Because <laughs> yeah. it's not holding her friggin' hair back, you know? No. Nope, and at and all. this is that like, hey, here's my ridiculously lush Greek black curls. And she, yeah, she's not even a Frank Miller version of uh, 
of Electra that's just overtly busty with the, you know, asymmetric yeah. dress. This is a great dress for her, but it Agreed. would never. It, did you? And it, but you know, and I think of it, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, yeah, you know, it is asymmetric because it's uh, got a sleeve on one side but not on the other. Why? Yep. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a great looking Electra. Damn. No, I like that he's getting beat up. But in the end, I feel like it's that thing. Electra probably saw him. You know, oh, Daredevil is supposed to be dead. There are all these Daredevils running around. Why wouldn't she show up and try to do something? It's the frustrating thing about that kind of girlfriend that they either knew, know you've got something awful going on or they don't. And they're going to come back. To have a girlfriend like this come back at a, the greatest possible moment to help you, to save you. How could you not go down that road thinking this is the best thing ever? So, I, you know, I didn't really read it too much into it because I was way more impressed by what they were doing with Wilson Fisk. Uh, but now Ooh, I'm really juicy. excited that to see what juicy. happens next. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he the, the the whole business of him murdering this guy who was picking on him. I don't think that he well, did this because it was out of control. I think it was like a vampire. Uh, I I think they were incorporating the the viciousness of the kingpin from the television show. Okay. Uh, and just so our readers know, if you haven't read it, he's basically he's been given the the golden ticket to go and sit with the rich people that literally run everything that can possibly be controlled with with money. And they're sitting there, and one guy's making fun of them while the other people are doing business deals. Yeah, okay, don't worry about that. I've controlled – I already bought that government. Uh, by the time yeah. you need that, they'll be completely under my control. And what about, we're ignoring Wilson here, and, and what do you got to say? And this guy keeps making shitty joke after shitty joke, and uh, Wilson needs to go to the little boy's room. And the guy's waiting for him and makes one joke and immediately gets grabbed by the face – pulled into the bathtub and just beaten to a bloody fucking pulp. Uh, if he's, if he's alive, he ain't happy. <laughs> um, but I, that this, makes me he's think covered yeah. in blood. But what is, what is he going to, what Wilson, he's got that look that on the last page, he's got that look. And it's also on the cover for, for next issue where he's got that look. Oh fuck. What did I just do? Uh, the one thing that I was really thinking about this was funny. Cause I, I, just randomly going through the news today that 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 guy that got arrested a couple weeks ago that rich that rich guy that was running that fucking sex ring and then he supposedly killed himself in prison and someone posted oh, right. on facebook today like yep. yeah like you guys you know you, you think this is a suicide but it was really just a murder to, to cover up richer people uh richer pedophiles and and i immediately thought man th th these are these assholes <laughs> these these oh, are these no. assholes yeah and these I don't want to get assholes. into a massive political debate and all of that, but like, yeah. when is the world gonna sit? Gonna like take note? People are doing it. It's on social media. When is the country, on a whole, gonna quit sucking the Clintons' collective dicks and say everyone that they have a problem with commits suicide? It yep. doesn't work it, it, like that. And we're we're letting him get away with it. But one thing that just occurred to me is that this is a situation the Kingpin has never been in. Uh, only in Ultimate. I think maybe for a second in Ultimate uh, Spider-Man. But well, how uh, was he going to take? First off, he he had no control 
over anything, not even getting any some witty banter in at the dinner. Second off, he just killed one of their own. Uh, third off, how is he going to get off if they out of this place alive if they don't agree? If if they don't, well, if they're not okay that he he just murdered this guy. And then, and then, fourth of all, how is he going to control the situation to, to actually start controlling these people? Because that's what okay, he needs wait. to do. There are all kinds of ways to do that. He just had that whole conversation in a couple of episodes ago or issues ago with the uh, senator, and he's like, "Yeah, I know your boys are out there in the woods. My boys got here earlier and have been <laughs> waiting for your boys." Kingpin's the same thing. I guarantee uh, he's got sixty guys waiting to go outside of it and they're either super powered criminals or they're not he could have electro he could have the whole sinister six out there waiting just because and i think that's the thing it's not i don't think it's a matter of um excuse me i don't think it's a matter of him not having control i think that uh i think that he killed that guy they're 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 making us wonder for the next issue and i'll be fine if i'm wrong because whatever they're going to do i'm sure it's going to be very clever but i think that he killed that guy because he was taking some uh ingenue idiot out like this guy doesn't <laughs> yeah. deserve any of this i don't care that's how probably he how he's gonna get it. yeah that's probably how he's gonna get out of it is that they're gonna be like oh thank god we've been wanting someone to do that here go get cleaned up and, and uh and let's let's eat and let's talk some business we, like that's why we wanted you here thank you very but, much Think about it a couple of, a couple of uh, issues ago. You've got Matt at dinner with a mob family, for crying out loud. Good point. Yeah, I mean, is this yeah. cyclical, or is it is this part of, like, a triangle, or is this part of a pattern for this particular run? And what awful... Every time somebody sits down for dinner, is some awful thing going to happen? I don't know. <laughs> we don't know but let's find out all we know is that i can't fucking wait for it and i'm sad that it's like that you know we're we're pretty far into a story so yeah. it's uh, i i'm i'm feeling like well, this is issue 12 so how how much longer are they gonna have guts to keep going with the story uh and and that's what i was uh why i want to talk about the punisher next okay go yeah uh all right so we are wrapping up a massive story that has been going on for quite a long time they have uh, I want to say for at least the past year, maybe two years, Frank Castle within the pages of The Punisher, even though they keep doing like a new number one every so often, uh, is continued a, a long, continual storyline that makes perfect sense. Uh, it's shown Castle in a lot of different places where you would never find him or, or really think how he would be able to prosper in those situations. And this was the last story before they let Garth Ennis take it over again, which oh. uh, I got excited which I got excited for uh, for a second until I just realized that the uh, Matthew Rosenberg writing run is over, as well as uh, Simon Kredonsky, uh, the artist that had an amazing run on Spawn, colorist Antonio Favela, letters uh, VCs Corey Pettit, cover artist uh, Greg Smallwood. Uh, this is the end of the story. Uh, Punisher, who, who was in prison for quite a long time by Baron Zemo and Zemo's bullshit little country that, that he breaks out of prison and immediately gets the right guys to help overthrow the government. Zemo takes off and is an idiot and comes to New York and brings the Punisher right to the Kingpin's fucking doorstep, which is a big problem, but Fisk has to, you know, do his best with, with Zemo. They uh, form a new Thunderbolts with some new baddies and everything goes to shit. They, 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 
take to the streets looking for for Frank, and everything goes wrong because he's got a posse of people helping him out, including uh, the Black Widow and Danny Ketch, Ghost Rider. Hmm. Who's also doing a live and well in Ghost Rider, we'll talk about in a second after. I guess we just focus on Marvel Knights in the kitchen, right? Um, <laughs> it's you got to read it, enjoy the enjoy the action. There are some splash pages to die for with uh, Ghost Rider uh, taking the uh, taking the helm, driving the motorcycle with the sidecar with the fucking minigun on <laughs> uh, mounted to it that they blast their way into uh, Zemo's little hideout there and. Uh, Zemo ends up being uh, ends up being killed and betrayed by the Kingpin and uh, supposedly killed. He vanishes uh, into uh, a, a alternate dimension, maybe by killed by Ghost, yeah. uh, a long term uh, baddie that's been a, a D lister but is here. And Frank wraps things up. They Shield shows up to protect uh, Wilson Fisk, the mayor. Well, not Shield. It's Nick Fury, Black Widow, that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. uh, Frank obviously doesn't want to go quietly and falls off the building, supposedly to his death. And he's he meets up with uh, Nat later on, Nick Fury, and says, uh, "He better be dead." And she's like, "Yeah, well, uh, looks like Hydra Recruitment Center in Ridgewood lone a lone gunman killed thirty of them last night." Uh, maybe <laughs> yeah right and they walk away it was it, it was a great wrap to the story uh next punishment soviet number one by garth ennis and jason burroughs it's gonna be a lot of fun soviet uh, yeah i would i would mm. give this a six i would give this a six and i would recommend really just picking up the last uh i want to say the last year and a half of trades for punisher if you read this uh you won't you won't be disappointed especially when he was in uh, prison for a few issues and introduced some really good new characters. Ghost Rider Ooh. number one, uh, Le- Legacy number two thirty seven. Let's see what's going. So basically, Johnny Blaze is the king of hell at the moment because he oh, won yeah. a race that they haven't sh- shown him win completely within the pages of the Avenger, where he gets the throne of of hell. Uh, Aaron Cruder, artist. Ed Brisson, writer. Jason Keith, colorist. VCs Joe Caramanga, letterer. Um, Johnny Blaze comes comes back to heaven because the whole the, these he's not being respected as the king of hell, and the hole opens up and he's trying to wrangle up some stray demons and catches having some problems with his bar and uh, the the writer keeps showing up and they have a little bit of a team up and take one of these assholes down and catch says fuck you I want nothing to do with you. And his mother comes to him uh, who had just recently died to tell him that listen to me carefully. Uh, it's Johnny. <laughs> There's something wrong with him, and basically, you need to figure out what the you need to stop Johnny Blaze from going completely mad with power. Because if not, uh, shit's gonna hit the fan. Uh, it was a real quick issue. Mm. Uh, I, w- I would I'd give it a five. I didn't hate it, but it was it was still fun. And the the real meat and potatoes here, I think, is at the end. Hell is other places. The annotations here were. It breaks down the quote-unquote dark places, like the best way to like wrangle that word, the afterlife, different versions, like Hades, the dark dimension, the below place, uh, Limbo, Ooh. Hell, Niflheim, the Eighth City, all the different versions of some s- sort of necrotic post-life uh, you know, realm and differentiates between them, and that was it, it was worth it for that alone. That's awesome. I like that. Yeah, I like it when they put those things into perspective it was for worth, us. 
I can't. I don't have any really big thing, good things to say, but I don't have anything bad to say. I'm. It was a really fun, quick, quick Ghost Rider. That that's. But has it ever been really anything more than that? I don't know, man. Ghost Rider has never so. been a book where I was like, I gotta read that and I gotta keep up with these characters and whatever. What you got next, brother? Do, 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 do. Doctor Strange, since we're in the uh, mystical realms of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, recently, Doctor Strange, uh, he managed to get his hands repaired. And so he starts, he, let's see, yeah, this is Doctor Strange, what, 20? So this is Mark Wade, Javier Pena, and uh, Brian Reaver, and uh, Corey Pettit from v, from virtual calligraphy um mainly he starts out here having a bad dream that he is ready to go in and help people in the hospital and all of the technology is different now so everything he's like oh i can do this i can do that no you can't because the technology has improved so much since he has since he got that injury and became the sorcerer supreme that there's no way for him to go back and do it without just taking time off from saving the dimension to save one life at a time. And Bats, his uh, ghost, the ghost dog, Bats his ass. I love that character. I know, it's really great. It's just so, un. it's unbelievable for a Doctor Strange, like, pal, you know? And talking dogs in Marvel, always a good thing, I'd say. So far, Cosmo and Bats have been fantastic. Uh, non-talking dogs, they have their moment, as, uh, you're thinking about the Inhumans. But, um... Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty rad what Doctor Strange can do with his hands being repaired. But he realizes quickly that he can't, uh... He can't cast spells the way he used to because he learned how to do them with broken hands. Now he has to relearn spells to be done with hands that function perfectly. So he goes to, what is our friend's name? I have forgotten. Let me come up with it. Uh, Kana, from his recent time in space. He went through space and looked at uh, all of the different mystical things that are going on in other worlds and in other world realities, and he became friends with the Technomancer, Kana. And he kind of developed some feelings for her, but he kind of ruined their relationship. And I just feel like he went and he talked to her the other day when they were defeating Galactus. And of course he just saved all of reality. So I guess it's not the same thing because if you rewrite reality, you didn't technically just run into her, but uh, I just feel like it's like, Hey, let's just go play with that character again. Uh, Cause she's interesting, but whatever. So He's asking her for help to uh, develop some technology that's going to, you know, make things work out for him. But they end up having to go in and uh, do battle with a giant technovore. And then he realizes they have an ancient one, just like he has an ancient one. But no, it's actually an AI that is the ancient one. And um, right. it's yeah, it's kind of fascinating when you actually see it. It's like uh, one of these terrifying and unfortunate um what do you call it? A calcium baby. I don't know if you're aware of that. Uh, I'm very aware of it, and it's actually one of the main plot devices in uh, DNR. 
Okay, got you. Well, um, we won't ask anybody to elaborate over that yet. Anyway, you know, a demon comes through one of her little buddies and they get into a fight and it just kind of goes on. And uh, they, you know, he kind of like Doctor Strange ends up being the unquantifiable aspect in the situation when you're when it's like, okay, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. Well, he went to basically he went to Rome and the villains showed up trying to tackle Romans and couldn't tackle him because he was not something they understood. And so that's kind of a fantastic flip. It's so impressive that so many Doctor Strange stories, time and time and time again, find that little twist that's like, no, this is why I can do this and nobody else can, or this is why I'm going to save the day this time, or here I'm going to find this sneaky little trick and I'm going to do the thing that you never thought of. Like, you know, hey, instead of using full warp to get out of here, if we just use the maneuvering thrustles, we'll get out of the sea of two-dimensional aliens, and then we can go away. It's that kind of stuff. You know, you have to look inward sometimes. And I, they just keep doing it, and it never fails to work. But it was one of those neat things where it was like, hey, here she is. Here's Kana, side quest. Got her to come and help me out with some crap. And then she took off, and everything's okay. And he's like, I'm going to relearn how to be a surgeon just like I'm going to relearn how to be the Sorcerer Supreme. So is being a surgeon something you're excited him to see to, to be again? Or is it just no, like a, I don't a, a care. part of him that's been missing? Um, I think yeah. what, I, what I appreciate is when we're looking at Daredevil and you see a guy who's been broken over and over and over again, and now he's broken and he's trying to be somebody different. And he's going to realize I can't help everybody if I'm just this guy. I have to go back to being Daredevil. But I really like him not being Daredevil for a while, a long time, years even, hour years, not necessarily story years. Doctor Strange, on the other hand, it makes a whole lot of sense for him to want to be able to be a surgeon because that's his original calling. What's his true calling, you know? So the opportunity for him to be mended just goes a really, really long way. Is 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 this really just him, like finishing just making amends because hasn't the last couple of years been just non-stop amends well yeah i mean you get that crap also with uh black widow because it's constantly oh i've got yeah. red in my ledger and all of that stuff well they've abandoned that um it's a cool plot device but i think we're past that they, they they keep saying, you know, everything has its price and he does occasionally have to put up, like, pay the piper, but I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, that's a good good question because how often do we actually see them pay the piper or how often do we see them, uh, these characters get a jail, get out of jail free card again and again and again, you know? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he, he he did pay for it. He lost Wong a long time ago, and he doesn't even have Zelma now. So, rough. Time for him to make some mistakes. Yeah, make some more mistakes again, Doctor Strange. Screw it all up. Did you get the new uh, iOS download? Uh, I did, I did, and uh, it it luckily it hasn't pissed me off yet. Yeah, I mean, it's doing the same stuff it always does. It's like... Hey, despite your already existing preferences, do you want to use all these security options and all this crap? And I'm like, no, I want it to be the same phone I had before. It's not complicated to just do what I want. 
But I do appreciate that it gave me the opportunity of doing light mode or dark mode, and dark mode has been very easy on my eyes. Hmm. Anyway, speaking of eyes, one of my one of my favorite comic books this week was Dead Eyes number one. <laughs> hey, wait a segue. Uh, Get geez, it? Yes, yeah, segues. De- Dead Eyes. Oh, this was a fun ass comic book. Uh, Jerry Duggan does great, um, pulpy. Noir esque tales for for the violent minded. Mm-hmm. This is called Dead Eyes Number One from Image Comics. Uh, artist again, uh, writer Jerry Duggan. Artist Joe McCrea. Colorist Mike Spicer. Letterer uh, Joe Sabino. Editor Will Dennis. Covers John McCree and Phil Noto. Um, we find ourselves in the predicament that uh, Dead Eyes has been missing and is the vigilante from back in the day and they're doing a news special on him and every year they do a news special on him the amount that he stole from one particular gangster keeps increasing steadily from 10 to 12 million and uh everyone's like i wonder what the hell the guy is and guess where he is he's at home taking care of his uh wife with disabilities and the money's obviously steadily uh, is almost gone and probably huh. not as much as it as it should have been as it should have been, and what's we've got it's the the perfect intro to him is you you, you see where is he what's he up to because we're like six pages in and she's like there there's a where are they now and he's like well and they go to this great splash page whoever guessed where am I now is wiping his ass standing up because his hemorrhoids are butt fucking him to death wins the big prize <laughs> <laughs> and and that's that's what it is you even see shitty water and it's not even gross it's it gets in the shower and there he's just reminiscing on his days of being ultra violent dead eyes uh all black uh all hood hood-esque uh mask with red like red x like almost button eyes and He's just fantasizing about it, and he's taking care of his wife. And uh, I'm gonna go play golf, but he doesn't really play golf. He goes and he works. He's a greeter at the at the local Walmart, and he is he's like a man of all trades there. And he sees a guy obviously buying stuff to either make meth or to get rid of a body, and he just wants to kill him. And he takes over the cash register the guy's about to purchase from, and the guy hands him cash. He's like, "Oh, sorry, I can't touch the cash register. It's not in my drawer." I uh, gotta use you gotta use card and the guy hands him a card and thinks of it and then takes it back and says fuck this place and walks away. But uh, he saw enough that he can figure out where the guy lives and follows him home and overestimates himself. He makes some rookie mistakes. He thinks he's gonna go in there and be the same old dead eyes he used to be. And the guy hears someone get in his house, goes at him with a knife, gets a little bit of the jump on him. But oh shit, we've got a guy upstairs with a fucking shotgun who immediately trips down the stairs and breaks his neck and he gets fucking lucky and he smells that something really bad is going on in a, underneath the stairs uh, and there's one of those locked doors and he opens it up and uh, we're met by a large room filled with those that hanging fly paper and oh, yeah. a bunch of very sick children. Oh no. And a bunch of very sick children. And he was debating on whether or not he should kill them both. And he sees the girls a change of plans. Both of them die. <laughs> oh, it's just, it was such a fun, fun, violent read. And yep. Just to make sure that everyone's dead. He stakes them through the heart, uses their phone to call the police. What's your emergency? Come and see. And he gets home and his wife knows something up and she immediately 
uh, has a has a seizure. And this is a nice balance between a guy that used to be something big, and obviously didn't do it as big as everyone thinks he is because obviously they're not living in in uh, a big mansion or in the Bahamas. And I, what movie was it where they're saying like, oh yeah, he stole this money and like like and still as much money. And then, uh, the person that actually did it, the, the, the hero that's been MIA for a while was like, no, it was only this much money. And, um, Oh, you stupid idiot. I never stole the money. What the fuck was that movie? Man, I don't uh, know. It's going to kill me. It's a hero movie. It's a oh, it's... kindergarten cop. <laughs> kindergarten cop. <laughs> Where they, really? they, they keep thinking that she stole all that money from crisp, but she didn't do anything. All she really did was take the boy. Oh, she didn't okay. take any of the money. Yeah, she didn't take any of the money. That's that's what it was reminding me of. Ah, fun. Uh, Dude, that I, I would sounds say, awesome. I would say I'd give it a solid seven. I say pick it up if you got the cash, and this is going to be something that you're going to be proud of that you have the single issues. If not, and you're not, if or even if like you're not used to stories like this, definitely pick it up. But if not, just get the fucking trade, man. It's it'll be worth it. That just sounds like a cool story, man. I'm interested in the character. I like washed up guys oh. trying again. Fun stuff. <laughs> I love that shit. I love that shit. It's it's it. Uh, well, he's Duggan's actually writing analog right now. We covered that last last week, and we've got they had a preview for something that looks really cool to me. Uh, in the back, uh, it's called Philadelphia by Rodney Barnes, Jason Sean Alexander, who I believe is working on Spawn right now or does shit for Spawn, comes out in November, and just the tagline is, Corruption, Brutality, Vampires, Welcome to the City. All right, <laughs> I'm in. Awesome. I'm in. I uh, do briefly want to touch on... House of X, number six. Right. The, the sixth book of a limited series of six, which is actually half of a bigger story, a.k.a. Uh, I.E., uh, powers of x they are knocking it out of the park the artwork is gorgeous we the the tribunal that's going to start deciding the laws uh have decided the first thing they're gonna do is figure out like the main the main uh like like they're deciding their 10 commandments almost uh they look at they look at nightcrawler and what is like what about you mr you know fucking christian uh what is what, what does your god say we should do and he thinks for a second he says you know be fruitful and multiply and then just real big make more mutants so oh, yeah. yeah i remember that from uh, last week mm-hmm. it, it's it's not thou shalt not kill murder no man not because man is so uh precious to them and they obviously want to avoid a uh, any sort of international incident because they're trying to become a sovereign nation they only because the mutants can be copied and uh, replicated and not really die. So that's that's going to be the high crime. And respect the sacred ground of Kakoa. And I forgot to read off the fucking credits here. <laughs> I'm, the page. I'm the one that's always fucking spearheading that shit and getting on to you for it. Uh, Jonathan Hickman, writer, Pepe Larras, artist. Marte Gracia and David Curiel, color artist, VCs Clayton Cowles, letterer, Tom Muller, design, uh, Pepe Larraz and Marte Gracia, cover artists. And they really, I, I, I really suspect that, that Hickman is responsible for this graphic art because the way he did in, and like the, the, the lettering in, in certain areas where they're designing the, what, what the tribunal's like and the, the living tree in the, in the main room or the, the embodiment of Krakoa. 
with uh, one thing that I really like because they brought back one of my favorite X-Men uh, a couple couple issues before this really kicked off was Cypher from the New Mutants. They like I think in my lifetime they've killed him three oh, times yeah. already. Uh-huh. And we like he they've killed him and his uh, his uh, the mutant power of language. I mean, one of that's usually the one of the very first things I pick when designing a character for D and D is that my character, uh, if I really want, like instead of making some joke character, if I'm really wanting to kick some ass, is that my guy can decipher pretty much anything, and that is such an invaluable thing. And he's pretty much cipher is pretty much the one that because uh, Krakoa can't really talk, but what, the way it communicates is mm. in obviously its own language, but no one knows how to speak it except cipher. And it even took Cypher. It was even actually a challenge to Cypher how to figure out what the fuck the 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 mutant living land was trying to say. Yeah. Uh, they they're wrapping things up. They're finally showing you what some things meant in the first couple issues, like how how they're really and why they're putting this all together. And we see what we rarely get to see, which we know is the Harbinger of Doom, is the X Men happy for just a brief second. And parting at the creation of their sovereign nation, Dazzler is making the most beautiful uh, spectacle of a fireworks show. Beautiful colors. This could only be done from di from the digital world. Uh, little little tiny scenes like uh, Wolverine holding on to holding on to, to Cyclops and Marvel Girl, and looking at Scott smiling, not not holding Scott and then looking at at Jean. No, he's looking at Scott and he's handing out beers and. He walks away without even looking at her, and he goes and he he hands a beer to someone else, and we see uh, one of the best lines. We see you know that that uh, Lion King esque type pride rock where Magneto and Xavier are are standing standing tall, and Magneto says, "When I'm like, it's this is going to be an iconic line. Just look at what we have made." While well, Apocalypse, who has, uh given in to live there and play by the rules, stares at them from, from the darkness, obviously plotting something. There was one extra line here that I really, I'm not sure if I want this line to be true, and I need your opinion on this one. Uh, before they, they announce, because at the beginning of the, this entire story, it's, it's the humans uh, showing up to see what the hell the X-Men are up to, uh, but they finally show when Chuck finally broadcasts his... his uh, I don't know, agenda to the world before yeah. he does uh magnino says uh charles charles yes eric whatever has been there between us over the years all our disagreements all the anger at the other's relentless ideology and unyielding persistence that ends today you have my word and he he's just holding his shoulder and you see chuck just smile like it like that's what it, it's it was something that Magneto wanted needed to say, and it was it needed to be heard, and it was especially the the perfect thing to say to to Charles as he puts on the new Cerebro to broadcast the message of what the X Men are are are, are doing and the, their sovereignty and the magical um, almost magical herbal healing things for the humans. And what do you think? Do you, do you do you want to see an end between the squabbling between Eric Linshar and Charles Xavier? Yeah, sure. I want to see that last for a long time. And then, you know, hey, it's nice to see that heel turn face and stay that way. Uh, 
it'd be really difficult for me to ever to believe Chuck would ever be secretly the bad guy, but uh, there, I, I, I'd hesitate to bring this up, but I mean, I remember feeling like he had a lot of sketchy little side things going on. Ultimate X, but um, I never got the impression he was doing. There's some sketch, sketch going on with Charles in this. Yeah. I'm I'm getting a sketch impression here on this one because they 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 have made it a point that when Charles is walking and in his new suit to not show to not fully show his face. Huh. When I they wonder, show his face or like from from front on he's got this Is Cassandra Nova anywhere to be seen? Unfortunately not. Unfortunately not. It would make sense considering what happened in New X-Men that she would be perfect for something like this. Um, but uh, there, there's got to be a reason why she wasn't picked for this. That, that Now that you pointed out, her absence is very suspicious. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It maybe you know, maybe that's why they haven't shown, shown, fully shown his face. What if... Because I see the smile, I see that there's a bald head from behind, but what if what if we're missing the female eyes, you know? Like like where it's definitely Cassandra, and you can tell like maybe there's a scar or something like that from everything that happened in New X-Men. Man, I don't know. There's we need to re-release that. I'm gonna re-release that. I'm gonna Oh, our I'm gonna new X-Men conversation. Uh it... Yeah. I'm going to re-release that just for our readers like that because we only had like like it took us a little bit to get some following but by then we the very first episode was something that I think people wouldn't have thought to go back to look at but yeah I'm going to re-release that yeah that was a really good long conversation uh, that'll be a treat hmm. like three hours long about new X-Men and us with the original idea that our comic podcast was going to be the long box before we even considered talking about wrestling or, or <laughs> that everything has evolved so so organically and the next thing we know we're doing star trek and it's just still the most popular thing we do and i just god bless it you know but wow it, it just takes even energy out of me just talking about the x-men because it, it's that exciting and if you're and i've said it I, pretty, I think pretty much every episode if you're not reading house of x or powers of x you are fucking up you are making a <laughs> big mistake. You are, uh, and it and it and it's not because oh you better go get it for they're all sold out because they're all sold out everywhere and you're just gonna be forever to fucking find this. No, you are missing a movement. You are missing a party. You are depriving yourself from being part of integral X Men history when you were a kid and you found out about Dark Phoenix from the cartoon and found out about the comics and you thought to yourself, man, I wish I'd have been alive when these came out or man, I wish I'd have known these, like the, I would have been uh, part of, part of it while we were all reading it and all absorbing it and knowing that we're going to be talking about this for years when they eventually fuck up X-Men again, um, which is fine. It's going to have ups and downs. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I've made my point. <laughs> I think I made my point. And, and to go back to the WWE, X-Men has ups and downs but they they bring in the right guys and they give them the reins because I, I I really think Hickman 
only had maybe like one or two extra cooks in the kitchen for this one before he was let off his leash. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's all I have to say about that. Tell me about Sabrina. Tell me on Sabrina. Yeah, Sabrina's a fun book. Uh, let me pull up my credits here. Right, written by Kelly Thompson, uh, penciled by Veronica Fish, inked by Andy Fish, letters John Morelli, and uh, it's Sabrina the Teenage Witch. It started coming out this year, so I believe it's a January book. Uh, and this is... I haven't been able to ascertain yet, having read the first three issues, if this pre—I guess this predates um, her coming to Riverdale, or if that's even a thing. She lives in another town entirely. It's an Archie book, so you know. I mean, it's those characters, and she lives with her two aunts and her uh, like reincarnated sorcerer cat, uh, who's named Salem. And she's just legitimately into interested witchy stuff. But instead, and she's, you know, she's witch capable, has powers, can cast spells and stuff. She knows how to make tinctures and all kinds of craziness. But the thing is, this is a teenage high school story. She is, I, I haven't been able to figure out whether or not she's some kind of a actual teenager or some kind of an immortal trapped in a teenage body or something like that or what's going on but um she starts going to high school she doesn't like seeing this girl pick on other girls uh or people for that matter and um it's trying to develop love triangles um some of the popular pain in the butt characters turn out to be some kind of lycanthropic antelope demon or something and then there's a guy that turns into a kraken so there's some kind of stuff going on and uh, she's clearly too young to be able to tackle it. So it's a little bit Harry Potter like that. You know, her aunts being like, no, we're going to get the Ministry of Magic on this or whatever right away. We're going to do something about this. This is beyond you. But at least they shut her down, and there's no room for her to be like, well, I'm going to sneak out with my best friends and go out there and do that because she didn't have any friends. She lives with her cat and her two aunts, and those are the people that she knows outside of the people she's meeting at school. But... I guess they got assigned to that town by their, you know, witch cabal. And um, I don't know. It's a cute book with cute little stories. Uh, the characters are drawn really well. Sabrina never looks the same. I'm not going to say she doesn't look like appropriate from one scene to the next, but she's got really great uh I'm going to say this. Veronica Fish has a really great command of being able to illustrate facial expressions, emotions, uh, postures, all kinds of stuff. It's car it's cartoony, but it's not over the top pain in the butt, you know, like exaggerations of stuff. But uh, I also feel like it didn't know what it, it, did, it hadn't completely felt itself out initially. So, you know, three issues in, it feels like more of a straight story and we're only a couple of days into the overall story. And and um, I don't know. I'm going to finish reading them. Uh, I have five issues. I'm going to see if there are more. And uh, like I say, I don't know. I'm reading it because it's her. And now, I mean, I want to watch the TV series because I'm compelled by the character to see how they can do it right and see how it translates into a uh, film 
medium. But yeah, that's what that is. How is this? <clears throat> From reading Archie comics my whole life and just loving anything Archie, uh-huh. uh, is it is it sticking within a, a nice vein? To, yeah, obviously, they're making contemporary, but is, does it have any of the tropes of the old of the old comics that would in any way signify that it's still part of it still has a little bit of the 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 fun oldness to it just every now every now and then or is this just completely brand new um i wish i could tell you because i am not aware of what it was like initially um Uh, my sister and i i wish we'd kept them but we him and her and i should have a a a large box filled with archie and jughead digests i wish we'd have kept them right they were expensive what uh those are sorry essential road trip reading and plane trips (laughs) along with mad magazine what uh what what character did did your sister like most oh jughead okay that's cool jughead digest was the best one and i don't know why we just love jughead so much it just he's just a lot of fun and he's not too serious and but he's also not too lazy and i like i I never got the impression that he was like the stoner guy, like which they dude probably yeah. super super tempted to make him because uh, of his love of hamburgers. But if they're not Scooby Snacks and they're not a bunch of dirty ass hippies. And uh, no man, the whole well, motorcycle gang thing and the TV series is awesome. That's like the biggest oh, part of the show. Uh, one of my best investments per per month. It cost me four dollars. Is the Boomerang app. And that is a the app oh, right. for the tel- the the television channel Boomerang, mm-hmm. and every single Scooby Doo anything's on there. I'm not just talking about the Reluctant Wolf, also the WWE ones and uh, the Kiss one. Oh, the Kiss one was great. Awesome. Uh, uh, my and the 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 Creme de la Creme is the entirety of a pup named Scooby Doo, which was the fucking best. <laughs> and uh, also thousands of Looney Tunes co- uh, cartoons um the jetsons uh captain caveman is on there uh so if any of you like grew up when uh not adult swim but when cartoon network was in its fledglingness Mm -hmm. uh and staying up late and watching some really bad campy cartoons that were just perfect like uh thundar the barbarian uh and wait just waiting for uh, uh space ghost to come on it's it's worth the four bucks every month you won't even notice it Cool. Anyway, uh, Sabrina, what do we got next? Just got Star Wars. I just got Star Wars. What have you got? Star Wars. Justice League and Black. Justice. No, you've got Black Cat. Oh, I'm sorry. I do. I do have Black Cat. That's correct. I feel like that was the first one I read this week. So it's a ways ago. Well, Hmm. pound it out, brother. Uh, let's see. This is Black Cat number five. Whoops. Let me click over there. Um, find my copy and pasted stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's Black Cat number five. Jedediah McKay, penciler, travel foreman, colorist Brian Reber, letterer Farron Delgado. Um, I really liked the the cover that I picked up. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because it has this vague, like, um, I'm not going to call it vague necessarily, but it has a, it seems like an homage to the 007 opening where the, you're looking down the gun barrel. 
um, at him, but instead it's all of these different characters who are particular to the black cat's life uh, that are, that are depicted in the swirl uh, with Felicia in the center. But, and I feel really weird because I feel like I missed the last issue because this is Yancey street shuffle part two. Um, you know, she's got her cool guys that her, she's got her gang working with her and everything. Uh, and they're 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 still savvy and not annoying. Um, she's got the the dude from the first couple of issues whose job she wrecked uh, doing security, following her around, and they have to team up for a minute because they they broke it into the Baxter Building, the headquarters of the world famous Fantastic Four, and she's kind of on a dinner date with again. Uh, no, no, she, they broke into the Sanctum Sanctorium before. <clears throat> So I guess we're going to break into the Dr. Avengers Strange. mansion in a minute or a shield helicarrier. I don't know what we're going to all these landmarks, but um, yeah, she was having a dinner date with Johnny storm and uh, you know, she brought her gang along who were operating as, I don't know, like waiters and shot, like stuff like that. And then I don't know where Blastar shows up from the negative zone and they've got into this big fight and her friend and uh, her, her, her gang is like, okay, yeah, we can fight these guys. And she's like, no, this is a super powered battle against extra dimensional beings. We have no business fighting in this. And I have a lot of experience doing it. That doesn't mean I think it's intelligent for us to do it. And then, uh, uh, <laughs> ah, damn, I'm having a hard time with their names, even though I like these guys, Bruno, her, uh, the bigger dude from her gang ends up putting on some kind of, thing costume and going out to fight Blastar and he gets his ass kicked but Blastar respects him for not running away from him even though he didn't it, like he just showed up in a tracksuit or something and uh simultaneously we have all these flashbacks to uh her would-be father who is telling her what she needs to go out and collect on all these missions and stuff and um I don't know there was just so much craziness going on in this and because I feel like I missed the original or the first issue here, I'm not entirely sure I know what it was they were even trying to steal. And in the end, I'm not sure I care. It's just one of these deals where it's like, what what could possibly all add up to something with what these things are? But I appreciate that she paid the guy off and now maybe he's going to be an ally. The uh, the dude that uh, whose job she got, she got him fired from. Uh, but there's this, that gang of thieves that she's involved with and she wasn't doing kickbacks or something. And, uh, I think it, what's her name? Odessa Drake. And, um, they're all pissed off at Felicia and they don't really care about a lot of stuff. But then finally, when they realize that, uh, the black Fox is working with her, everything stops and it's like, okay, well, we got to pay attention to this guy. So he's either on the world's greatest heist or... Or who knows? We don't know what it is. I, you know, that, that there you have it, basically. Sorry, was I don't know the, if that was the was best or the what, worst. What, what, or what, 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 what <laughs> would you? No, I was listening to you. I'm just, I'm just curious. Like, what, what, as a story? I mean, did is was it worth it? Was it worth the our listeners' money? Uh, is it something? What would you rate it at? Um, 
As a comic book issue, I'm going to say this is a solid four. But like for this title, I'm going to say it's a six. I mean, some of the one, one of the issues was definitely, you know, the best out of the out of this whole franchise and it was setting everything up. But um, this isn't going to get me to stop reading it. It's fun. It's cute. It's fast paced. And you don't have to. You don't have to have read everything to be just like in the situation immediately, as I complained about with the other books earlier in this, the DC book concentration. So, I mean, yeah, I'm going to keep reading it. It's Felicia Hardy. I'm a huge fan. I've always liked her. And like I say, I really dig that uh, her gang is back from her earliest issues. We hadn't seen them in decades and decades. So underutilized characters coming back and do them doing stuff with them. I really appreciate always been like that. So I have my reasons. <laughs> I, I believe you. Uh, I didn't like star Wars this week. Um, I'm bored with that whole concept. I, I'm, I'm super glad that uh, Darth Vader's there and he's communicating and he's talking to C-3PO and C-3PO doesn't, want to let on what he knows but his mind should have been wiped so what does he know and uh you would hope that there'd be some kind of recognition in the end but i can live without it and then uh it turns into the age-old question yeah you tried to lure the empire there so you could blow up a planet and kill a bunch of star destroyers but here now despite the fact that you're going to eliminate an entire species could you eliminate osama bin laden you know what I mean? Like, he's here. Can we get him? Mm -hmm. Can we get the... Mo arguably the most powerful guy in the Empire. You know what I mean? I mean, blow up the planet and get rid of him? Or can you capture him? There's no way you can capture him. Chewie and C-3PO stand no chance of capturing him. But oh, oh, well, of course not. But even then, like, uh, the, the question is, yeah, blow up the planet and then kill these perfectly new uh, sentient beings that we have no knowledge of yeah. that uh, I feel I feel that they're doomed. I, I, I really do. And uh, before we get too far into it, Greg Pack, writer, Phil Noto, yeah. artist, VCs Clayton Cowles, letterer, Phil Noto, cover artist, and action figure variant cover artist by John Tyler Christopher. That guy is a badass. I miss Love that. It. What What's the figure this time? Oh, I didn't see it yet. I'm just reading off what the. I'm gonna look that up. What they say? Those that... are just gorgeous. I can't believe they're still doing those. Let's see if I can find it. It's it's worth it. Uh, it's worth it. Yeah. No, they're bitching. Uh, while you're looking that up, last but very not least, Justice League 33. This one is one of the best comics this week. We are getting closer and closer to the ending of Year of the Villain, Doom Rising right now. And in order to understand this, it, it's they don't make it too hard if you're not reading every single book. Uh, we see John's son with his wings watching the three brothers. And again, uh, Justice Doomore, Part 4, Scott Snyder, and James Tinian, the fourth writers. Bruno Redondo, did, didn't we just talk about James Tinian, the fourth a minute ago? Uh, Bruno Redondo and Daniel Sampier pencils, uh, Redondo and Juan Abraham inks, hi-fi colors, Tim Tom Napolitano letters, which we talked about earlier, Francis Menopole cover. Um, the sons of the woman who has been 
enslaved or unslaved. She's been in exile. She's been captured and has given Lex Luthor such ultimate power as he has gone through the cosmos, giving people even a little snippet to upgrade their power and to really make them choose between, uh, which I really like here, is the difference between justice and doom. And the three brothers, Monitor, Worldforger, uh, and God, I don't even know this guy's name here because I'm so ignorant on the subject. They are trying to take her down. And Luther tells them, uh, I've done the calculations. You're going to lose. And they all forge together into one particular being called the Ultra Monitor, where mm-hmm. they, they can each, they all have control over it, almost like fucking Power Rangers in a shitty way. But you can all hear, all their voices are, are within them. And they are being super powered by Starman. And uh, all of a sudden, they've got a fighting chance, and they are doing everything they can to buy everyone that's in the past and the future the time they need to return with the relic to put this woman back in her fucking place. And we've got some great characters. We've got Dr. Fate. We've got original Green Lantern with new Green Lantern, and they are working their way in the past to uh, Atlantis to get the, the, the shard that they need to help put this woman away. And but Luther already had had his baddies there. Sinestro is waiting for them, uh, because their plan with Aquaman was to talk to Poseidon, who his descendant. And they get there, and the throne is empty, and he's already been enslaved. And it's great because the guys that are taken over is the uh, Atlantis belongs to Vandal Savage and his Legionnaires Club. <laughs> and I'm like you, you, you Bush League Hellfire Club. I love, it. I, I, I love it. Like. Uh, it, it's it's like a still shot from uh, Night at the Museum and uh, uh, like mixed with Hellboy, and Poseidon's been enslaved, and they are enlisting the aid of all the future heroes of the DC universe, and I love it. Now though, in the face of the greatest disaster ever, after because he's seen and heard the stories that everyone unites and fails, I see a different message in the old story. We cannot each fight alone. Not this time. We understand. What do we need to win? More justice. <laughs> justice. <laughs> it's like Batman Beyond and all the future guys uh, banded together. Oh, I love it. It's fucking great. It was so much fun. Uh, the great part about it is, yeah, this was an action issue. There was a, you know, when we've complained about, oh, it's just the whole fighting for 20 pages and who gives a shit. Uh, no, there is deep intellectual thought in within every page. And every conversation. And I can't wait for this to all be in one giant-ass omnibus, because I will buy this one. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking at all these variant covers now. I'm just scrolling through them one after the other. They're just beautiful. My goodness. Uh, Prune Face. That was a dense week. Yeah. Prune Face was the uh, variant cover. I believe believe he's called Ormorico. In uh, some Star Wars canon. Uh, yeah, that's a ton of material, everybody. I can't believe we got through it all. We, uh, yeah, we got through it all. And hopefully you guys understand we're trying to approach this as writers and uh, not just say, oh, it was so cool. You should totally check it out because it was so fucking rad. No, no, no. We're doing our best. We're writers. We're doing our best. We're making comic books. We are making art. We are limit pushing every day. And I don't know about you, man. I don't know what we've been listening to, but I've had Vegas on oh, repeat yeah. as well as the new dance department from yeah. Friday. Just nonstop dance music to keep that 
that limit pushing uh, as far as the limit can go. I did uh, a but, lot of the. Uh, I am my cam this week because I've been uh, playing it on guitar. Brian, anyways. Mm. Are you reading? Are you reading just tabs? Uh, yeah, and I'm occasionally trying to learn some like actual. I don't know what to call it scales and stuff like that. I'm trying to I'm trying to find to do the the right hand work out there in the. Uh, I don't know what the vernacular is, man. It's been so long since I tried to pick up guitar, and I traded a dude for a guitar that I had that I didn't want anymore, and so I'm relearning stuff, and it's just now it's all different because the internet. Like you would go somewhere and have to go to some school lab and print off a bunch of stuff, and I remember I had a fat stack of paper. It was like, here's all these STP tabs, and here's that Smashing Pumpkins song that I like, or whatever. I, and I remember having a binder. I remember yeah. having a similar binder. Totally. Hmm. Yeah, this is where we are with things. You know, you can just get on a website, and it'll crank it along, and it's like, oh, hey, pay money. And I'm like, well, yeah, do I really? Maybe. Maybe I want to pay money. I don't know. So I can have all of these options or I can help improve it. I'm like, dude, I am not there yet to be there's, able to help improve anything. There's a very good uh, Guitar Tabs app that's worth like the three bucks uh, for eight. Actually, I think it's $8. It's definitely worth it. Yeah. It, it, a lot of people put a lot of different work to it. Cool, cool. That's all I got, brother. You got anything else to take us home? Oh, not immediately. Uh, just work week, download books. Download books and download whatever else. I mean, all that Audible stuff that I've been listening to. And what did I just finish? I just, I'm still listening to my mom's book. And like, uh, I have to do a long box on that later. That's a tough one. That's a book about civil the Civil War in Indian Territory. And then, uh, like, we talked about the right stuff, but we didn't go into great detail. Just trying to find stuff that I can actually listen to yeah. when people aren't playing their music so loud at my shop. And then I'm going to be on the road going back and forth, and then I can really listen to stuff and not be, uh, not be pestered by other people's country music or uh, whatever they happen to be listening to that I'm not into suddenly. So that's kind of that. Well, hey, man. Yeah. We did good. <laughs> yeah, man. All right. Well, uh, you loyal MFers, we, we appreciate you. Yeah. Sorry. We'll <laughs> see you on Friday. Like spun it's out on, on ending this. <laughs> yep. Take it easy, yeah. everybody. Have a good week. Later.